0: Spectacularly, I don't even know how to explain it. Out of nowhere, guess what? Relationship with my father was going down through my pants. Oh, like dear God! It's weird. Boom boom. And people are shocked. No, 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 not boom boom. Well, who gets to follow that? This is the Rack and Tour Denver podcast. This episode of Rack and Tour Denver is brought to you by Pete Beland, Colorado Creative Industries and Margaret Murphy. For more information about Rack and Tour Denver or our sponsors, please visit rackandtourdenver.com. Hello everyone <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Uh, I'm Amber Blaze and <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is my event. <laughs> um, it's called Rack and Tour Denver, and it's a bi-monthly storytelling event. It takes place uh, at different locations around Denver. So our next storyteller is Erica Prather. She's a, a freelance writer, an aspiring curmudgeon, a filmmaker, a rage cooker, and a desert rack. <laughs> So, um, She's actually a really amazing journalist um, who I know because she writes about the arts in Denver. Um, She's also a great storyteller. She's traveled the world. So please help me welcome Erica to the stage. Hey, everyone. This story is called Put a Fucking Surfboard on It. Now we're going to spin the imaginary globe. Any guesses where we're going next? We're going to Australia! This is the first place I lived during this whirlwind tour universe. And I was there about a year. And I kept hearing from all of the locals, you've got to go to Western Australia. It's so awesome. It's so remote. Nobody had been there that gave me this advice, but they kept telling me it was great. Um, And there's, like, nothingness. I mean, so to give you some perspective, there's... More people in California than the entirety of Australia. And of that small population, 75% of them live in Sydney and Melbourne. So we went all the way to Perth. The next thing over is Africa. Uh, it's far. It's like really far. And it is. It is amazing. I mean, there's just there's tons of kangaroos running around. So it's an amazing, amazing place. And um, we're planning this road trip. And since I'm living there... I'm kind of responsible for a lot of the logistics, like renting the car and all this stuff. And um, I am a desert rat, but I'm also just a general rat, and I like to cut corners. So I was like, "Let's just get the cheapest car." And it was—it's not really like made for the outback. We're just like, "Fuck it, we'll do it. It's cheap." And so it's me and Laura and our friend Bryce and his sister, who turns out to be uh, the Antichrist, actually um so she um she decides with about a week's notice of us going to the super remote place to tell us that she's invited her ex-boyfriend to come we're broke so in my head and australia is really expensive and the more remote you get the more expensive it gets so i'm like all right well the dude would drive the cost down and I don't really like her, so maybe then she'd be distracted and I wouldn't have to listen to her dumbass talk. So, sure, what the hell, he should come. So he meets us in Perth. We all fly there from Sydney. We all are in Perth together. And um, he's got a surfboard. He's, like, from California, and he's so cool. He's got, like, a shaved chest. And um, his so-called, his name's Chris. We called him Ken behind his back. He's got a surfboard. We don't have a rack. And he, and he's like, he's like, dude, it's fine. And I don't want to be the buzzkill that says it can't happen. And I'm also sometimes kind of a slob. So I'm like, sure, what the hell? Let's strap the surfboard to the top of this car. So we just, like, jimmy-rig this thing on top of the whatever the hell car it was. We, we tie it literally with a rope, like, through the car. So, um... Like, I mean, even just getting in and out of the car was a bitch because it was tied through the car. So we go on this journey, and, I mean, we we drove thousands of kilometers over, like, a period of three weeks. Like, we drove, I mean, I don't even know. It was about half the, the length of the western coast of Australia. Um, had an amazing time, um, but the dude never took the surfboard off the car. Um... Which was unfortunate because it was a pain in all of our asses. I mean, first of all, having having five people squished in this car was intense anyway when we would do a shop, which we had to, we have to, like, stock up because you're in the middle of nowhere. There were, like, potatoes coming out of the side of the door and, like, like mangoes projecting out of the car console. There'd be, like, jelly beans flying out of the <laughs> glove compartment or whatever. So it was already really uncomfortable. And then we've got this surfboard. And so sometimes, like... Driving in the outback out there, you, we would hit, like, you know, we just start cruising, and it's like the, the rope inside would just be going. And I remember one time I was asleep in the front seat, and I looked out, and the surfboard had caught air, and it was, so it was like this, like, like, like it was like surfing itself, like on, like in the wind on top of the car, and I was like, what the fuck? So the surfboard just went with us everywhere, never got surfed. And finally once, I, th- I like threw his ass out with the surfboard. I was like, you're surfing. You need to go surf. We have this surfboard with us, and you're surfing. And he was like, fine. And I think, so he, I don't think he even like caught new waves, but whatever. So the trip is, is winding down. The next day, we were leaving to go to Adelaide. And surfboard dude was staying in Perth. And so we were going to the airport to leave. Uh, I mean, there was an actual beach in the car. Like, so much sand and shit that we left in that car. Uh, We just couldn't care, though. We were like, we gotta make our flight! Like, I think a camelback or something, like, flew out of my gears. I'm like, we're, like, running to catch our flight. So we left in a complete state of disarray, and we just trusted Chris surfboard dude to return the car it's like not that hard just return it and the surfboard wasn't on it i know that much i remember he checked it at a hostel we drove surfboardless to the airport so the surfboard stays at a hostel we the, the car is supposedly returned um so we fly to adelaide to start like the next leg of adventure in south australia and i happen to check my bank statement and there's like a $700 charge from Budget in Perth. So I call Budget in Perth and I'm like, what's up, homies? What's up with that charge? And they're like, well, there was an actual beach in the car we had to clean. So that was like, a, you know, $150. I'm like, yeah, that's chill. I understand. And, and they're like, the rest of that is for the, the surfboard on top of the car. And I'm like the surfboard on top of the car? They're like, yeah, there's damages to the roof. Which is totally believable. I mean, the damn thing caught wind like at, you know, 100 miles an hour. It was like slamming, like body surfing the car. And so I asked, I'm like, well, you know, h- how'd you know there was a surfboard on the car? And they said, it's all over Western Australia's social media. <laughs> so... Uh, we, uh, that was my exact reaction. I was like, no, what? That's fucking hilarious, lady. And she's like, ha huh? Like, she was laughing, too. She's like, yeah, I work for a budget, but my husband also saw it, like, on Instagram and Facebook. Like, people were Instagramming our dumbasses, and, um, yeah, they were like, what fucking idiots would drive with a surfboard without a rack? We did. Um... That's put a fucking surfboard on it. Yep. So this story is titled "Technological Toilet Time." (laughs) Has anybody been to South Korea? Yeah. Yeah. South Koreans love technology. Wireless everywhere. Blah blah blah. Um, So you know, once again, in my quest to have this authentic experience, I was teaching science courses there um, to a bunch of little kids. And um, and I, I ate the entire country. I ate South Korea. I ate everything there and the country itself. So eating my way through, through Korea, eating a lot of rice, and one day that finally catches up with me. I knew things were off, so I was eating a bunch of kimchi to rectify this situation. Um, and so I felt like things were on the right track, but I already had these great dinner plans with this lovely lady that I had made friends with um, at the school I worked with. She was a teacher's aide, and she was Korean, and I was like, Sharon, that was not her real name. I tried to call her Sharon. She didn't really like it, but um, her English name. So I'm like, Sharon, take me out and show me everything about Korean barbecue, and she's like, okay, and she's so lovely and takes me and another coworker out, and we have this great Korean barbecue experience, and I'm like, now what would you do next? Like, pretend I'm Korean, I'm your Korean girlfriend, what would we do next? And she's like, okay, well, we'd go to my favorite place to have tea and cakes. And I'm like, sweet, let's do it. She even links arms with me, like how Korean girls do. And we're like walking down the street in the snow, and I'm like, yes, I'm having the greatest authentic experience. And so we go and we sit down, and we have this like lovely tea and cake is like in front of us. And I'm like, oh God. It's coming. It's coming. And I'm like, oh, sorry, excuse me. And so I I go into the bathroom, and um, this is a really nice place, by the way. And so I go in the bathroom, and I'm like, okay, the deed is gonna be done. So I'm thinking, I gotta do a courtesy flush. This toilet can't take it. I gotta do it. And I look over, and there is a control panel of buttons. And I'm pretty sure that the toilet itself had Wi Fi. It was so intense. There was, like, so many buttons with so many objects that I had no idea what the hell they meant. But that's the fun of it all, right? Like, this is what the experience you ask for. So I look at the buttons, and I'm like, I'm just going to have to pick. So I picked the one that looked like a McDonald's arch with a line in the middle of the arch. I was like, that's got to be it, right? And so I hit it, and I got a 45 degree nerf gun stream of water up my ass so hard that i jumped out i jumped i even remember the pants i was wearing they're these great pastel blue cotton patagonia pants and i was like fuck ah! so i just jump up and the thing's like spraying me and i don't know what to do like my pants are down there's shit in the toilet It's spraying, but it's shooting so hard that there was this glorious photo of, like, painting or whatever, of this, like, Korean woman. And it was just, like, spraying her face and just, like, going down and like, streaks of water. And I was like, no! Like, dear God! Like, so I just, like, slammed the toilet because I don't know what else to do. Um, And turns out, actually, there's just a flusher, like, just like ours, behind the control panel. Um, I honestly, I think I blacked out. I don't remember if I even wiped. I have no idea. Um, but I just remember that I was so freaked out that I had like destroyed this toilet and it, the walls are streaked with water and then this, I opened the door. I was screaming, I know that. I was having like a spiritual... <laughs> meltdown or something and this lady this korean woman opened the door and i was like i am so sorry i just like broke the whole fucking toilet and i don't know what happened in there and she like didn't speak english and we just kind of looked at each other and i was like i am so sorry and she was just like because there's just yeah it looked like ectoplasm like ghostbusters watch out for those toilets over there thank you Thank you for listening to this episode of Rack and Tour Denver. If you enjoyed the podcast and live in Denver, join us on July 11th at Infinite Monkey Theorem for our next event titled Tales of the Tour. Here's a reminder to head to com, where you can find upcoming events, speaker bios, podcasts, and more. Our music this episode was created by Tom Hagerman. Find out more about Tom at tomhagerman dot com.